All right, so we are back. And I see that there are tons of wonderful questions. So Father Paul definitely has his hand full. And <laughs> I just, just text him right now. Make sure you stop on time so you could actually get to sleep because we're cutting into midnight over there in the East Coast. But uh, we're excited for this very last segment. The q and is always interesting because you get so many different takes and perspectives, uh, all sorts of questions. So uh, once again, thank you everyone so much for your time and your effort and your energy, your words of wisdom. And uh, the floor is all yours for the q and Thank you so much, everyone. And um, once again, I want to thank all of you guys for like, I want to thank you for, again, we listened to two talks in, in, in two hours and we're up at night and it's a weekend and people are working tomorrow. So I'm proud of all of you. And I think it's, it's great. It's a form of suffering <laughs> that God is commendable before God. I want you to even see it that way. So I'm going to try to get into the questions because a lot of them are similar. So you're going to try to pay attention to all the questions so that you might hear your answer. If, if um, you want it to be a little bit more clear, like you'll just pay attention I'm probably going to say a lot of things maybe over and over again. So what I want you to see is that, oh, we said, um, somebody said we have many luxuries and it becomes hard to step out of our comfort zone because we're used to a life of comfort. How can we get the ability to suffer for others? I love that. For those of us that have been given comfort, St. John Chrysostom actually talks about this in his book, um, on wealth and poverty. And he talks about sometimes, I, I don't know if, if, if all the fathers agree on this, but he's saying you're going to have suffering at some point. It's either going to be here or it could be at the, at the end of life. And I think it's important for us to say that in our comfort, if God has given you the, the comfort or the luxury of, of, of not having a cross, then Help others carry their cross. Like, open your eyes if God has blessed you with money or finances or ease of life. Or, you know, many uh, uh, helpers or, or, or people that support you. Like, go support others. And that's, you can't be part of the body of Christ without having the mind of Christ that sees everyone else's condition and, and, and notices them. So, what I would say is, number one. Carry the cross of others. Open your eyes to see who is in need right before you. Like I said, a single mother. Maybe a boy at church needs support. Give yourself self-empty. And this is what we talked about in talk one, is this concept of kenosis and emptying myself for Christ, offering myself as a Eucharist before God. So look for opportunities to get out of your comfort zone and to help. And if God has given you comfort, Maybe that comfort is now. Maybe it's for 10 years. St. Paul says, we have learned to abound. He says, I've learned in Philippians chapter 4. And to be abased. Okay, I've learned how to you know, be, be rich and to be poor. And to, to go through all types of trials and, and all types of comforts. Today, you're comfortable. Use that comfort to honor God. He says this. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So my point is, is that maybe now you're in a comfortable time. This is the time where you pour out your, your heart to glorify God and to serve him. But if, if tomorrow God allows you to 
suffer, then I, I, I want you to be able to say that, okay, I wish I would have used the time of my help. Just like I'm in need of somebody else's support during my suffering. I wish I would have used my comfort and my luxury of life to be able to help others. All right. What else do we say? Should there be discernment in choosing who we suffer with? Follow up. If no, if no, how can we take everyone suffering on without being weighed down ourselves? That's an excellent question. There is a balance between, in Galatians chapter 6, if you turn with me, Galatians 6, St. Paul talks about this in verses 2 and verses 5. And verse 5, it says this, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 5 says, For each one shall bear his own load. St. Paul differentiates between a load and a burden. A load is one's daily responsibilities and tasks that one should be able to carry on their own. A burden is understood in the Greek sense as it's almost as if a boulder were to come and to crush a person. And of course, so that person doesn't get crushed, you go under this boulder with the person and lift the, 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 the burden with them. So with somebody's load, something that they can take care of on their own, they should be responsible to take care of th these uh, daily tasks or this daily responsibility God has given them. That's a load. A burden is something that it, it might crush them if they were to carry it on their own. So should there be discernment in choosing who we suffer with? There should be discernment not in who we suffer with, but there should be discernment in how much we carry. You are not the Savior. And, and so there's a balance between I'm going to give what I can versus I'm going to try to save them myself. And, and that needs a lot of internal um, reflection to say, am I doing this because I want to save them? Like a lot of us have temptations for this Messiah complex. And it, it comes in a lot of us. Be careful. The discernment is, what is my ability? Maybe I can give. Any, any giving is a form of suffering. Maybe some of it is easier for others, but stretch yourself a little bit. Stretch yourself for the sake of others. And I don't think you have to be careful. The, the discernment comes place in when you need to decide whether you are enabling somebody to not function. You are carrying their load. That's where the discernment comes in. And that you don't want to carry somebody's load because you could be enabling them to be lazy. Be careful. That's not suffering. Okay. So I think that's, in my opinion, maybe that's what you're, you're talking about. How do you know if your suffering is from God? Another question that goes along with that um, is should every struggle or life challenge be looked at as from God? What about the small day-to-day -day struggles with kids or school, etc.? There's another one. It says um, can you elaborate a little bit about the role of God in suffering versus cause, an example, cause versus allow. That's a great question. This concept of, of, of suffering is that the Bible differentiates. It's the same Greek word for trial and temptation. And you see even in, in Arabic, right? You have tagriba and tagriba, right? Which is tagriba is temptation from the devil. And trial is a trial that God has permitted. I wouldn't say God gives us trials. 
But he does. He tests us. There's times where he tests us. We just read that in, in Deuteronomy. But temptation that comes from the devil, God does, the Bible tells us in James chapter 1 that God doesn't tempt anyone. So God doesn't tempt anyone. And even in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 10, it tells us what to do in, in the time of temptation. And he says, 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted. So he allows temptation beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. So you can have a temptation, a trial, a difficult time, could come from the devil, and you offer your struggle to God as a gift. Remember he said, offering ourselves as a Eucharist, my struggle, if it comes from the devil, if the devil is putting a temptation, my struggle against that temptation, or this war, that in and of itself, if it came from the devil, and, and he's fighting against me, it's an offering before God. Even the Bible tells us that we will be crowned in our struggle. So that's when it comes from the devil. When it comes from God, it is to sanctify you, to make you more like him. And so to know Sometimes in the middle of suffering, somebody's asking another question. How can I have joy in my suffering? The joy is when you offer something for the one you love. If it's not driven by love, you can't have joy. You can't. Like It just sucks. Right? <laughs> the, the, the suffering stinks. But when I say, Lord, I do this for you. Anybody ever go to St. Anthony's Monastery? Maybe when, when you were younger. or, or I, I used to go. When I lived in California, I grew up at St. Anthony's Monastery. And they used to always like give us like backbreaking work to do in the monastery. And I used to love laying on the bed at the end of the day, knowing that I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning for Tisbaha, thinking like, Lord, my back is broken for you. Whatever it is that you brought in my day, it's offered to you. I love the, 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 the tire that we have or the things that I know I find joy in that Christ is working. He's actively working in my life to make me like him. He's investing in me through trials god is trying to test you to prove to you so that you can prove to him your love for him what are your thoughts on mental health depression slash anxiety versus spiritual suffering depression and anxiety could be a form of suffering we it's a it's a cross that you care some of it is is um environment induced like you you are in a environment that has created very difficult circumstances that maybe have led to uh, depression but there's also the biological reaction to that ends up in like i said depression or anxiety a lot of it is not out of your your it's not in your control right it's something that came just to you in the, the way that you your circumstances came to you i believe that could be a cross i know saints i know saints that dealt with again anxiety and depression it's a war it's a war on thoughts i told you as tamav irini was dealing with a war on thoughts it's a type of suffering right and, and i mentioned that in, in my talk i want you to even consider the cross of your mental unhealth maybe it's a cross that i carry for christ sometimes it's it's it, it lasts with you for a long time you endure it it's it's still crowned it's still crowned by god as an endurance there's some things that Maybe you can't understand why God would choose this thing. It's so difficult, especially like something maybe like dementia. 
You're like, why God? The person doesn't even understand what they're going through. One day when you see the glory that they're in, you say in, in heaven, when they get to heaven, they're like, oh my Lord. <laughs> I could have never, if I would have tried to be like St. Anthony, I could have never lived in so much glory. But because God wanted to crown me, he gave me, God forbid, this disease. And as I read that, that saying by St. Macarius, it says your affliction of, of thoughts or, or whatever it is that you're, you're dealing with could crown you as the crown of a martyr. Can you imagine how God sees you? So yeah, we can look at even depression, anxiety as a, as a cross that we carry for Christ and it's a form of suffering. My sufferings always just produce more bitterness. So how can I joyfully accept sufferings and allow it to produce a real change in my life without complaining? To know that God, like think about a parent. A parent that tells their kid no, right? Or, or, or deprives them of something. They're doing it to, to mature the child. Like, do I have money to, to buy my kid another Xbox or whatever? Yes, I do. Am I saying no because I just want to torture them? Or I, I, can, I can go and buy it tomorrow. It's 200 bucks, whatever it is. But I'm spoiling them. So often, the things that God has, has brought to our life, I trust that I, I'm growing them. I have a baby. And the baby, we're used to feeding her, but now we want her to, to hold the spoon and to feed herself. And she looks at us like, like just feed me. And she doesn't know how to get the food in her mouth, but, you know, goes into her hair and then it goes on, on and my beard. and like, But I'm training her to feed herself. Sometimes God is training you. He's investing in you. So you want to find joy. If it's producing bitterness, it's because your goal isn't to be like Christ. Say, Lord, help me to see the sweetness in this. Help me to see that you are growing me. That the pain that I get while working out, right? And I'm lifting weights. There's pain, but I know it's producing results that you will one day have a body like mine through through years of working out at the gym like this is something that you would say god is investing in me that's how you turn it to joy and like i said before it comes from love somebody said i've lived with a debilitating illness since birth i find it very difficult to accept this pain as anything good tips on how to use the suffering for growth Number one, I want you to know that this debilitating illness that you experience, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. And I'm sure it is a heavy cross. But there is a glory that comes along with it. And remember that example that I gave of St. Anthony, that if I told you, you deal with this, I don't know what it is, but let's say it's the worst thing on the planet for, may God give you a long life, a hundred years. If I told you, that you will be standing next to St. George in heaven, surrounded with the same glory and, and, and the same jewels and that in your crown. And people are like, whoa, who, who's that guy? Like, who is this person? And you say, oh yeah, this person carried their cross their whole life and struggled. You're like, for a hundred years? Imagine in, now, now you're on the side of eternity. For a hundred, what's a hundred years? We're here forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and a billion evers, okay? You've dealt with it for 100 years and you're standing next to St. George. I'm using a very like a simple way to describe it, but I want you to say that this terrible illness that you're dealing with, I want you to know, meditate on Second Corinthians chapter 4, 
verse, that verses that we read from verses 16 to 18. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceedingly greater weight of glory. So your affliction is working for you a glory. Maybe, maybe you won't be healed with this, from this illness. Maybe God has chosen that, or, or has, is permitting that you would endure this cross for the rest of your life. But when we're on the other side of this life, you will know. Again, that's why we live the life. Sacrifice has two sides, has the cross and the resurrection. We look at the cross and that I'm suffering with Christ in the, in the flesh. But the resurrection is the heavenly life. This mind that I belong in heaven and that I'm not, this, the, 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 the years that I'm going to experience on this earth don't matter. I'm going to heaven. There was a song in, in, in Zambia that the young kids used to sing. It was a beautiful song. They said, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what shall I do? I want you to imagine young African orphan children barefoot with, with ripped up clothes coming up for communion, singing this song. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. It doesn't matter that I don't have shoes and I don't have clothes and I'm suffering and I'm poor and I'm an orphan. I'm just passing through. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what shall I do? So much wisdom in that song that you're right. If, if earth is the end all be all, I totally agree. There's no way to find joy. But if I told you this hundred years is going to win for you a mansion in heaven, just get through the hundred years. It's like somebody who, who studies for, for let's say medical school, they go through four years of, of very strenuous studying and vigorous schooling. And you say, yeah, but like the, the, the pay, the payout is at the end. Just, just keep going. Just It's four years. You, you'll get there. And eventually the payout will come at the end. May God be with you in your struggle and carry this cross with you and give you grace. Should every struggle and life challenge be looked at as from God? I think I answered that. But sometimes it's a, it's a temptation from the devil or a trial that's permitted for my growth from God. What about the small day? These are the little trials that God, these are the small tests that God wants us to realize where is my love for Christ? Am I able to endure? Am I following the gospel? Am I patient? Remember I was saying that I was, I was on the plane. It was a small little trial that God is saying, like, be aware of yourself. You might be far from being like me. You get impatient. You don't have compassion on the lady with the crying baby for five hours sitting on her lap. But because I can't prepare my you know, magical sermon, it, it's a test for you. And use those times to be self-aware and to grow. Beautiful question. How should my prayer consist of, what, what should my prayer consist of during suffering? Number one, Lord, accept this as a humble offering before you. Number two, let this change me to become like you. Help me to see, Lord, how you're growing me. Help me to know that, that communicate to me the message that you want me to learn from. There's a reason why God has chosen this suffering. He's trying to purify something in you or grow something in you. Say, Lord, reveal to me. Open my eyes. Open my eyes to know what it is that you're trying to grow in me. I don't want to just pray for God to ease my suffering. You're right. If you take away the suffering, maybe you'll never grow. So you must through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. This suffering might get you into the kingdom of God, so you, you can't ask God to get rid of it because that's what's changing you to become like Christ to get you to the kingdom. So I, I totally agree with you, and that's so mature of you. 
if you are blessed with many things and not suffering, how can you suffer for Christ? He said, carry the cross of others, go out of your comfort zone, carry other people who are really alone and, and suffering. How can I feel, how I feel joy during suffering, fighting against sin, that you will be crowned for your fight. You feel joy and that when you rise from your fall, even the Bible we say in the, the Gregorian liturgy, we say, you have, I'm trying to remember the exact words, it says, you have given me the rising up from my fall. You've given me the rising up from my fall that it is even by his grace and that believe me, there's a wonderful saying by St. Joseph the Hesychus that sometimes God in your struggle against sin is hiding from your sight your victories. He doesn't want you to see your victories. He's growing you. He's changing you. He's making you strong. All you see is you're getting beat up by sin every day. No, God is preparing crowns for you. He's going to show you a glory that you don't realize, but he's going to hide it from you so you don't get pride and you stay struggling. But there are crowns in this daily struggle that God is, is, is allowing you to go through these temptations. He's hiding from you your victories. Believe me, you're growing. You just don't realize it. Find joy in that. There's a power growing also in you. Why does God sometimes allow suffering to test someone? Because like I said, it grows them. It produces character. It produces patience. It gives them uh, a chance to experience Christ deeply and to connect with him deeply. Are you supposed to be suffering all the time in the sense that you never see a good day? No, no, no. God doesn't want us to always be suffering. There's joy in Christ. And, and even carrying the cross of others is a joy. You ever help anybody in need and, and you see the joy in them? How joyful is that when you sacrifice for somebody? When you write a check, could you have used that check for something personal and you give it to the poor or somebody in need or to carry somebody in that? That's a joy. Is it suffering? You're taking away from your own self. You're denying yourself. But there's no greater joy than being and walking with Christ. So you're not supposed to be suffering all the time. There's the, the life of Christ is a life of joy. And, and there are people that become addicted. If you ever read a book, there's a, a wonderful book called, what the heck is it called? I'll remember it. It's, it's about a woman going on a journey that, that God gives her two companions on her journey. It's called Pain and Suffering. At the end of her journey, as she's climbing up the mountain, God switches pain and suffering for two new companions called joy and comfort or something. And the person in this journey, this long journey in walking with Christ, missed the pain and suffering. She grew close to them. She got attached to them. Believe it or not, you taste the sweetness of Christ that some people say, I remember the days of glory when I was suffering during cancer or, or in my ministry or as a missionary or whatever. The whole world is now, the whole world now is suffering from losing loved ones during, due to the current pandemic. How can this be a chance to elicit from suffering to glory? In that, again, we said that suffering has the cross and has the resurrection. That if now I told you they're in the heavenly life, they're no more pain and they breathe fine and they're with Christ. And imagine if the angels in heavens gave him an option in the midst of, of, of being on, on life support, said, the Lord is asking you, do you want to be healed and go back to the earth and stay on earth or do you want to come to heaven? He gets a glimpse of heaven and says, no, take me with you. Believe it or not, 
people in their last days before they die, a lot of them have glimpses of heaven. Most of them, believe it or not, they see saints and they see angels. Most of them. It's not, it's not few. It's most people get glimpses of heaven in their last days. Many of them would choose heaven. So you say during this suffering, the suffering is over when, when, when they die. The suffering for the people that, are, that have lost loved ones. Again, we look towards the heavenly life. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. They've reached the goal and we pray that one day we can be with them. How can I help those who are suffering when I can't actually reach them because they're far or any other reason? You can send money anywhere, right? Like, or your prayers. Don't, don't forget the power of praying. Carry people in your prayers. Say, I'm going to pray with you. I will, I will stay awake at night and I will be on my knees. I'll pray for others. I will carry you in my heart. Remember I was talking about how Christ carried the whole world in himself praying for the world and, and bearing the sufferings of the world in himself. You also in your prayers before the altar and before the, 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 the throne of God, carry them with you, no matter how far they are. That is the greatest way to, to carry them. A few bucks is nice to give them support financially or whatever, but carry them in your prayers. I believe I answered all of them just in time. Did I go over? I think we're good. Glory be to God forever. Amen.